I want to talk to you about a subject called shine a light on it. Shine a light on it. I first wanted to say what I do is I take copious notes when pastors ministry. Now I know that's something that I do. I get revelation as I'm writing. It's a blessing to me. I have very close friends that have a difficult time taking notes because they say it's distracting to them. But for me, it works. <laughs> and you know, there are several things that happen. It helps me in many ways. One thing I like to do is I like to take my notes and I like to go over them during the week and I like to pray over them. If you're ever in ladies' prayer, when I'm leading prayer, you'll find many times I'm going through the notes and I'm praying over the words that were spoken, that they will prosper, that there will be greater revelation, that there will be, you know, a rooting and a grounding, and specifically for this congregation, but also for the body of Christ as a whole. So that's one thing I do. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that in just a moment. But the other thing that I do as I'm sitting there is I'm making a demand on the gift on the inside of pastors or whoever is ministering. When you make a demand on the gift, it begins to operate. I've talked to you about this many times. You know, I think I've shared with you when someone comes into my office, I know if they're there just to talk. I know if they're there just to vent. And sometimes that's okay. But I also know if they're there to receive. Because the gift of God in me, and you all have a gift of God. And when someone makes a demand on that gift, it begins to operate. And I'll tell you, the spirit of counsel just comes up from within me and it begins to operate. And I know that they're making a demand. So whatever you endeavor to do, make a demand on the spirit of God to speak and give and grant revelation to you. Utterance, you know. Don't ever be a casual spectator. Be a participator. Participate in the service. Be fully engaged with your whole spirit, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your physical being. Don't sleep in church. You know, really, that's why pastor doesn't want you. To sleep in church. It's because he wants you to make a demand. Sometimes you'll make a little reference to it here and there. And he's not trying to be mean. He's wanting to get something to you. And so make a demand. Make a demand on the gift of God in whoever is in this pulpit. And I know that when you do, you'll receive great revelation from God. Praise the Lord. You know, I was thinking about that. How even Jesus, 
was not able to do many great works in his own hometown. Why? Because there was no believing. There was no drawing. There was no demand. So therefore, there was no anointing. Making a demand on the gift and on the anointing increases the anointing. I was talking to you about taking notes. As I'm sitting there taking notes, I'm making a demand. I'm pulling. You know, sometimes you'll hear ministers say, come on now, help me out. That's what they mean by that. They mean make a demand. Draw. And as I'm taking notes, I'm getting revelation. And and many times the Holy Spirit, have you not noticed that he will give you and grant you revelation about something that the person who is ministering isn't even saying? And so that's why I like to take notes, because I like to write those thoughts down. That's just how the Holy Spirit works with me. I get all kinds of thoughts as pastor is ministering, and I'm writing them down. And so recently, when pastor was ministering, he had us turn, you'll remember just two weeks ago, to Psalms 112. So if you could all put that up up there, I think I gave you everything. Uh, You'll have to track with me tonight because there's lots of scriptures. But starting with verse 1, I'm not going to preach his message, but I want you to see some of the things that the Holy Spirit was enlightening me about as pastor was ministering. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. Keep going. That's why I was saying follow. Um, His descendants will be mighty on the earth, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Verse 4. Unto the upright there arises light in darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. So I want you to stop right there. So we were reading a passage of scripture. And as we were reading this passage of scripture, all of a sudden that word arises, leaped off the page and leaped into my heart. And I have learned that when God emphasizes a word, that there is a purpose. And so I looked at it again. Unto the upright there arises light in darkness. And I wrote that down and I passed it to Pastor Brent. I said, isn't this a great sermon title? You know, having light arise in darkness is different than let there be light. If I ask the ushers to turn off all the lights in here, and then we um, declared, let there be light, and the lights came on, that would be one thing. It would be like turning on the light switch when you walk into a room, and it expels the darkness. But notice here it says, there arises light in darkness. Now, that is different because, you know, arising is sort of like I was thinking about the sunrise. The sun rises in the east 
and sets in the west. Well, when the sun rises, it arises in what? Darkness. So as it arises, there's still darkness over here in the west, but there's light in the east. And as it continues to rise, it does what? It overtakes the darkness. Isn't that good? Hmm. Praise the Lord. It arises in darkness, and this is a process, folks. It's a process. The scriptures tell us in Romans that we can actually see God through nature. So this is another way that we can see how God works. God is certainly a God of a suddenly. He's a miracle-working God. But some miracles aren't instant. Some miracles are progressive. They're no less a miracle, however. Now, in this example of God working through a process, I love this because, again, many things on this earth life, have you not found, are a process. Let me name a few. Recovery. Recovery can be a process. It is a process. Maybe you're recovering from surgery or an accident. Maybe your health is being recovered. Maybe financially you're recovering from a financial crisis. Maybe relationally you're in a process of recovery. So recovery is one thing. How about grief? Grief is a process. You know, whether it's a loss of a person or a place, maybe that's a home or security, or maybe a thing like a job or a position, your independence. How about renewing the mind to the Word of God? That is a process. That's what Pastor has been teaching on on Wednesday nights. Training to change, not just trying to change. How about strength building? You know when you build your core or when you're losing weight, is that not a process? It comes off the same way it went on. One fat cell at a time. Amen? (laughs) Now, here's a little side note. These things like losing weight. For example, there are things that we're aware of, okay? But there's also things in our lives that we are not aware of. And we need the Holy Spirit to shine his light upon them so that we can see them. One definition in Strong's is, uh, of light is the word truth. Truth. What does truth do? It reveals things. It uncovers things. It exposes darkness. It exposes the lies of the enemy. It exposes the lies that we've told ourselves about ourselves or about somebody else for that matter. So we need light. We need it to arise. Amen. We need it to illuminate for us things. You know, if you go to look for something under your bed, You know, sometimes you can't see. So what do you have to do? You have to grab a flashlight 
and you shine a light on it. And as you shine a light on it, you begin to see, oh, aha, there it is. I see it now. That's what light does. And many times you're under the bed and you find all other kinds of things that you didn't know had happened to them. But you got to shine a light on them. See, that's true spiritually. Until you shine a light on those things under the bed, you've tucked under the covers in your life, you will not do anything about them. They're the things that do hinder us. They're the weights, they're the sins that do beset us, that hold us back from really running our race. Hallelujah. We're not going to be set back. We're going to be children of light. We're going to allow the light of God's word to reveal some things to us. Now, I want to share with you some things that I received. Again, as Pastor Mark had read, Psalms 112 in the New Kingdom, New King James Version. That's the version I want. Uh, two Sundays ago. My purpose for sharing this is to lift you up. My purpose for sharing this is to encourage you and fill you with hope in believing. To inspire your faith as you stand for people and situations in your life. We all have situations. Amen? You either just came out of a trial, you're in a trial, or there's one ahead. And that's for anybody breathing on earth. There's no exceptions. Look at the person next to you and say, you got problems. But God is greater than your problems. And he'll deliver you out of all of them. Glory to God. Light shall arise in darkness. There's dark places that we walk through. Sometimes there's things that we just don't have insight about. Sometimes, you know, there's many different reasons why darkness would befall us. But light, say it, arises in darkness. Praise the Lord. Okay. When this happened, when I was sitting there, it was like just so quickly I had revelation I could barely walk, write it out. I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss the next thing pastor was going to say. But here are some of the things that I saw as I had written that scripture out. I was suddenly reminded about how in darkness of recession, light arises. Light arises. And I was thinking like the lady, the widow lady, in um, 1 Kings 17. So if you could just turn there real quickly. 1 Kings 17. I love this new pulpit. It's just my size. <laughs> and I'm not going to take too much time to go through all of this. But I want you to see something. How light was arising in the life of this widow lady. You know, when you only have enough for your last meal... Like the widow lady, that's when God can show up for you. Let's read a little bit. Verse, let's start with verse 8. 
It says, Then the word of the Lord came unto him, speaking of Elijah, saying, Arise and go to, and I can't pronounce that name, Zarephath, which was in Zidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose, and he went to this place, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her, and he said, Please bring me a little cup of water that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her, and he said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, As the Lord our God, your God. Notice she said, As the Lord your God. She didn't say our God or my God. She said your God. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I see, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That's a pretty bad recession. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Do not fear. That's the word of the Lord tonight for some of you. Do not fear. But go and do, that means be obedient, as you have said. But make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Bring it to the the man of God. Bring it to the house of God first. And make some for yourself and your son. So what did she do? She overcame fear. She overcame it and she was obedient. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day of the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And so she went away and she did according to the word of the Lord. And as she did it, her and it says her household did eat for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord. Now, I would say that's a progressive miracle. That's one where, you know, light is arising in a very dark place. And so we see here that um, in darkness, in recession of darkness, or darkness of recession, light arises. So if you're believing God for a job tonight, if you're believing God for a better job, if you need a promotion, if you need the anointing of God to administer your job, I got good news for you. Light arises in a dark place. Make a demand and draw. Now, light arises when the medical reports are evil. You know, I think about Lazarus. That was a situation that was a dead situation. And we have situations in our life that can be dead situations. You can get evil reports. Many of us have received them. But God, he will cause light to arise in a very dark place when you're facing an evil report from the doctors. Amen? You got to do what though? You got to make a demand. You got to make a demand for that light to arise. I was thinking of Elijah. 
and how Elijah, God said to him about those dead bones. Hey, Elijah, can these dead bones live? And he said, I don't know, Lord. You know. But what did God tell him to do? He told him to prophesy. Speak to. Speak to those dead bones. And when he prophesied and he spoke to those dead bones, it says that the tendons, the skin, all that needs to be there in a body, all came back upon those bones. But yet it didn't live. And so God said to him again, prophesy. And as he began to prophesy again, see the process? Light was arising in a dark place. It wasn't instant, but it was arising. Did Elijah quit because the first time he prophesied, it didn't come to pass completely? No, he rejoiced at the blade. I'll tell you, you have to rejoice at the blades in life and be grateful for them and be thankful for them or you won't get the ear in the corn and then the full ear in the corn and you won't eat the fruit of it. Glory to God. So he spoke again and sure enough, God breathed the breath of life and they stood up a great army. Hallelujah. Light arises when all natural hope is gone. Abraham was the man of faith. He was the father of our faith. And it says that he believed against all natural hope in a supernatural hope. And he made a demand. I was thinking about Paul. Remember he was in the ship and he had warned those folks that was taking him over that there was going to be great harm, that he perceived there was harm uh, ahead and they didn't listen. And so they, they, they took off and they, they found themselves in this mega storm and everything was being destroyed. They were, they were throwing crew members overboard. Well, it says that all hope of being saved was gone. That's a bad day when you have no hope of salvation. And if you've lived long enough on this earth, you've experienced days where you felt like there was no hope for your salvation. But God, light begins to arise in your heart. And that light brings hope. Because that light is truth. And the truth, again, it won't only set you free. It will keep you free. Amen? Light arises when all resources are depleted. I was thinking about the disciples when they had to pay their taxes. It's tax time. Property taxes are due. They didn't have the resources for their taxes. But who did they look to? See, they had been about their father's business. And when you're about your father's business 
And you've been sowing, bless God. The word of God says you shall reap. So don't be weary in well-doing. Keep doing. And continue on. And as you do, you will not faint. You will reap. Glory to God. You'll reap if you faint not. That's what the scripture says. So don't quit. Don't give up. Press on. And so as they did this, what did they decide to do? They went fishing. And as they went fishing, the fish that they caught had something very special in it. It had a coin that paid their taxes. Now that was a very unusual way to receive provision. And God will do very unusual and unlikely things in your behalf for your provision. But you got to just keep looking to him. You got to make a demand. Light arises when you come up against a wall. Or in Moses' case, a sea. (laughs) Remember, delay is not denial. And he stood there and he's thinking, oh God... You know, there's the Egyptian army behind and there's the Red Sea ahead and I'm between a rock and a hard place. What am I going to do? But he looked to God. And as we look to God, God does amazing things. The grace of God comes on our life. And God will split the Red Sea for you too. He'll make a way where there is no way. He'll create it for you. God's grace is so good. Did you know that God's grace is like green lights? You know, I live up in the Hayward Hills, and when I come all the way down, I have to go down a lot of traffic lights. And there's been times when I've missed the green lights, and you're sitting there, and especially when there's traffic, it's very frustrating. But you know, when you come down and you hit every green light... You still have to travel the distance, but it's with an ease because you're in the right place and God's grace is upon you and God's grace helps you and does for you what you cannot do for yourself. Light arises when you're confronted by a lion or a bear, just like David was. And you know, I think David passed that test because then something even more important came along. He had to face a giant. And that just didn't depend on his survival. It depended on the survival of a nation. And a lot of times there's going to be other people besides yourself that are dependent upon you walking in victory, overcoming, having the light arise in situations. Amen? But God will help you just like he helped David, even if you're facing a lion or a bear or a giant. Amen? You know, I was thinking about our friend Michelle. I don't know if Michelle Morris is here tonight. I call her our friend because she is everyone's friend. She's one of those people that, you know, the Bible says, if you want friends, make yourself 
friendly? She's a friendly person with a generous and kind spirit. And I was thinking about how she remained faithful through a process that was very difficult on her flesh. Sometimes you go through some things. She was in a position at a job, and she took this job, and it was very difficult on her flesh. And she, her flesh wanted to quit. But she was faithful because God did not tell her to quit. Her flesh told her to quit. And so she pressed on and pressed through. And in the process of time, what began to happen is God began to position her in different places, doing different things. And the training that she received was amazing. And she excelled. You know, 10 times wiser? Mm-hmm. Well, in a two-year per- period, she started with accounting. She's now the controller of this huge company. Because why? She made a demand on God. She remained faithful. She didn't quit. She didn't give up. And through the process, she was trained in many areas. As, as a result of being faithful, even when she felt like quitting, she doubled her salary within just a short time. Through the process of letting light arise in a dark place. Another person I was thinking about, Rose Marquez. God bless her. Amen. They were the first family in the church, you know. And Rose was a very faithful person, and she would clean houses. And this one lady's house that she would go to clean, her name was Gladys, and she cleaned her house for a long time. And she helped Gladys with so many things other than just cleaning her house. She would give her the word. She would take her places. She just showed her the love of God. And Gladys died, and her husband was left. And her husband was not a kind man. He was a very difficult, hard, and bitter man. But Rose continued on, you know, doing it for Gladys and doing it because it was in her heart. She continued sowing and giving to this man the love of God, even when it was so hard on her flesh, even when it looked dark in the situation, like, why would I stay here and take this? God didn't release her, so she stayed. Well, the man died, and he left his house to Jean and Rose. Yeah, that's what God's love does. Well, what happened was um, Jean and Rose, they were given a house and there needed to be some things done in the house. And so they took a loan out. And in the process of taking this loan out, they were able to remodel so that they could uh, have a better living situation. And also Jean began a business. You all remember uh, Jean Machines. <laughs> That's right. And so they did that and it was uh, really wonderful. But then Jean became ill and he went on to heaven. And when that happened, Lila, I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you do and maybe you don't. But we should never take lightly the things that God gives us, the light that he gives us to share with somebody. And you shared with something with Rose at that time out of Proverbs 15, verse 25. And it said this. It says, he will protect the property of the widow. Now, that was years ago, years ago, right after Gino went home. And so what happened is, through the process of time, um, 
Rose's uh, loan adjusted. You know, we had a lot of that going on. And it adjusted up to 12%. And she could no longer afford her home. And so she went to her lender and she talked to them about modifying the loan. Well, they said, you know, since Jean doesn't, isn't here anymore, there isn't sufficient income. And they wouldn't grant it to her. And so over a two-year period, she fought to keep the home that God had given her. She applied. She reapplied. She did everything that she could possibly do. And every time the answer came back, no, 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 it's never going to happen. Now, she had equity in the house. They said she didn't qualify because she didn't have the other salary. But you know, something about Rose is she's a person that's tenacious and she didn't give up and she continued on and she continued through this process to stand on that scripture of light and truth that you gave her. What did it say? He will protect the property of the widow. And so, what happened was, three months ago, she, she got, uh, somebody had, she got a hold of somebody that was a divine connection that helped her. And they re, uh, they're in the process of going through it. I think the deadline was today or yesterday for her to get the rest of the the, uh, the interest rate, they dropped it way down real low, forgave a bunch of debt, and she gets to keep her home, the home God gave her. Because why? Because she didn't quit. She didn't give, she didn't give up. She never said die. She did not cast away her confidence. Her confidence in God and in that scripture, Lila, that he was going to protect her property, the property of a widow, and you know what? That confidence has great reward. Do not cast away your confidence, therefore. It has great recompense of reward. Amen. Now, that was a rhema word. I'm going to tell you this. God will give you a rhema word for your situation as you seek him, as you look to him. He will cause light to arise in darkness when you make a demand. I'm going to quickly go over a few scriptures that will just, again, reaffirm that very fact. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 29. In the King James Version, it says, For thou art my lamp, O God, or O Lord, and the Lord will lighten. Do you see that? Oh, y'all get it up there for me. The Lord will lighten my darkness. Write that one down. Because you're going to need light when you're in a dark place. The NIV says this, you, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. The New Living Translation, which is one of my favorites, says this, O Lord, you are my lamp, and the Lord lights up my darkness. The Amplified says, for you, O Lord, are my lamp. The Lord lightens my darkness. And then I like the message as well. It says, suddenly, God, your light floods my path. God drives out darkness. Isn't that good? 
Praise God. Okay, in Psalms 27.11, this is another one that Pastor was sharing. But I saw that whole issue of light coming out here again. It says in verse uh, 11, I think it is, You've always been right there for me. Don't turn your back on me now. Don't throw me out. Don't abandon me. You've always kept the door open. My father and mother walked out and left me. But God, you took me in. Do you know, most of the time, but not always, most of the time, parents are the ones that are to love you unconditionally. But again, this is not always so. People cannot give what they do not have. They'll give you what they do have. People, they'll let you down. People aren't perfect. You know, sometimes people go through divorce. And the same thing is true. They have that feeling like, why am I abandoned? Why did you walk out on me? I hear this so frequently. It's like that mother and father. It's like the the spouse has abandoned me. But it says this. Here's the good news. But you, Lord, but God, you, you took me in. I'm not an orphan. I'm complete in you. And you cannot get from another person on this earth what you can only get from God. And every time you try to draw from that person, you'll come away disappointed. You've got to draw it from the source, from your heavenly Father. I think it's verse 12 says, Point me down your highway. Point me down your highway, God, and direct me along a what? A well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. I like that. I saw it again. A whale lighted street a well lighted street is a street you're not going to stumble you're not going to stumble you're not going to fall you're not going to stub your toe you're not going to get hurt you're going to see who's there amen psalms 119 105 it says thy word y'all know this one is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path In the message it says, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path and I have committed myself and I'll never turn back from living by your righteous order. Oh, that's so good. If you turn over me real quickly to John, first John, or John one, the first chapter of John, the gospel of John. At one point, I was worried about someone who was very close to me. And I was in the Word, and the Lord gave this to me. And some of you have heard me share it before, but it fits really well right here. 
And it says in verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life, and the life was the what? The light. The light of men. And the light did what? It shines in darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Well, that was another situation where my eye was drawn to that word comprehend. I thought, what does that mean? So I went to looking. And I found out that the word comprehend has a couple of interpretations. One means to seize or lay hold of or overcome. So it says here that the light that shines in darkness, the darkness does not overcome the light. It does not seize it. It does not lay hold of it. It does not gain control of it. You can pray this over your family, over your loved ones, over your children, over your teenagers. Amen. The darkness will not overcome. They will, it says, uh, another, uh, Interpretation is to perceive, to attain, to lay hold of with the mind. Darkness will not lay hold of the mind of whomever. Whether it's yourself or somebody else. To apprehend with mental or moral effect. It says with this, the verse could be translated, the darkness is unreceptive and does not understand the light. It does not quench it. It does not extinguish it. It does not snuff it out. It does not smother it. The darkness will never be able to eliminate it. Light and darkness are essentially uh, antagonistic. And the Christian's joy is in knowing that the light is is not only greater than the darkness, but it also will outlast the darkness. Light arises and it overtakes the darkness. God is light. This morning as I was preparing this, I happened to um, pull up. I was going on to Bible Gateway and I happened to, my eyes landed on this one little line on my page. And it said, new devices use light to screen for melanoma. Now remember, God is light. I just want to read just a little bit about this to you. It says the Food and Drug Administration on Wednesday approved a first-of-its-kind device called Melafine, and it makes detailed digital images of skin growths and uses a computer to analyze them for signs of cancer, offering a sort of second opinion to doctors. The device is approved only for dermatologists and only for the use on growths that do not have obvious signs of cancer but have one or two worrisome traits. The hope is to find more melanoma sooner. Nearly all patients diagnosed with early-stage melanoma can be treated and cured, but 85% of patients with late stage, they wait too long, folks. Now, I have a word from you. I have a word for you. If you need medical treatment, do not delay in seeking medical advice. We have buried people that delay. Did you see here? People, 85% is curable. 
But people wait for many reasons. Sometimes they don't want to hear. Sometimes they're afraid. Is that faith? No. Sometimes they think they're in faith, but they're in foolishness. Fred Price wrote a really good book years ago, Faith, Foolishness, or Presumption. If you truly have faith, then the doctor's report isn't what's going to move you. Don't delay. Get your checkups. Do your annuals. Go. Praise God. And you know what that'll do? It'll produce peace, won't it? And if there's something that you need to deal with it, you get it on the onset. Praise the Lord. And so this wonderful device that works by light. Do you see how light in this case is exposing and revealing? It's revealing some things that people need to know. And that's what light does. That's what light does. I'd like to read more, but I don't think we have the time. But anyhow, I just wanted to share that with you, that God's light is everywhere. Amen. And it's revealing many things. And it's, it's so much greater and bigger than we can ever imagine. Okay, let's see, where am I? One last thought for you, and especially for parents as well. Pastor's been talking about training and not trying, you know? And again, sometimes in training your children, you got to train them so that they conform to the light. The light of God's word. And in Hebrews 12, verse 11, it says, no discipline. What's discipline? That's being a disciple. No discipline at the present time can seem joyful, but rather grievous. But it yields what? The peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been what? Trained by it. Don't try these things that we're talking about. Train yourself in them. Amen? Parents, good discipline is discipline that disciples. Teach and train your children. They need the light of God's word. In the last scripture I want to share with you is found in Luke chapter 12 and verse 35. And it's out of the Jewish Bible. And I was in a conference with Pastor Brendan. This was the theme of their conference. And it blessed me and it fits so well right here. And in the Jewish Bible, it says this. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. We got to be clothed with the glory. We got to be dressed for action. We got to be walking in the light. We've got to allow God to arise light in our dark places and see him do what only he can do.